Well, before I preach a little bit, we get to, if you haven't already, meet our new staff members. So, Savvy and Jazz, why don't you come on up here for a moment? Green and yellow. It's dangerous giving a preacher a mic. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing? That wasn't good enough. <clears throat> good morning, everybody. How are we doing? All right. There we go. Uh, so we were uh, asked to take a couple more couple minutes and kind of share our testimony, but also share uh, what we believe, how we believe God kind of brought us here. Um, so just a quick uh, synopsis of my testimony. I didn't grow up uh, seeking the Lord. I didn't grow up knowing the Lord for so many years of my life. Funny enough, my grandfather, uh, William, who's sitting with us, he uh, would invite us to, my uncle and I, to church, and we would kind of do the whole rock, paper, scissors, you know, shoot to see who would go, because we felt bad if none of us went, but he would go to a Spanish church, and uh, yeah, we didn't really uh, understand a lot of Spanish growing up, so uh, uh, we would try to duck and dodge him uh, on uh, Saturday nights and Sundays. Um, but really his influence, my, my grandfather's always been a servant of the Lord for as long as I've known him, for 28 years. He's faithfully served the Lord, and I wanted to make sure I give honor to him today. Um, I love you. It's, it's because of his faithfulness and his prayer and his consistent love, compassion for us um, that a lot of my family is saved now. And uh, I really owe it to him. But uh, growing up, again, didn't seek the Lord, didn't really care to uh, bother with Christianity. Um, but I always had men of faith in my life randomly at random times, whether it was a coach, a teacher, professor. It, just, it was always like, like, always like that. Um, but I was invited to a youth group, and I lied my first time ever going to church. It was in fifth grade, and I lied saying I was in sixth grade just to attend the youth group. Um, and I went, my friends invited me to like, just come out, just say you're, you go to this school and uh, you'll be good. But I, I kid you not, it was because of that invitation, it, it planted a heavy seed in my life. I, I remember being a senior in high school, lost, broken. And so I remembered that youth group. And so Fridays I would go and visit uh, the church at the youth group night, big, big, cool youth group going on, uh, lights and all the good stuff. But I would sit in the back after football practice, got my pads on, all sweaty, musty, you know. Um, but I would, I would listen, and I would just be so in tune with what was happening, but still didn't seek the Lord. Graduated, went on to college to study business and art, and I found myself in a place of just brokenness, never fitting in. Uh, if I was on the football field, I was good, but if I was just kind of in school and all that, I just kind of felt alone and outcasted. Um, but I remember the church. So still not saved in fifth grade, still not saved in high school, but something about uh, going to church just would set me free and make me feel really well. And so one day I took a CD that, from the church, and it was a Christian CD called, uh, I think it was called Calling Levi. And I remember one day I was uh, driving to work, it was 8 a.m., I had to drive an hour to work, and I put that CD in, and I just began to weep and realize that without God, the void that I was always feeling was, was, that, was that void, that I needed a Savior. And um, all my anxiety, I kid you not, all my depression and, and all of it just began to melt away that morning in the car. And so after that, I was like, God, I need good friends. I need to be surrounded by a community that knows you, that loves you. 
and he brought my buddy Thomas, and we spent the whole summer together. And in that summer, he would show me what it looked like to be a Christian, a young Christian, a young believer. Um, and it wasn't weird, it wasn't kooky, but it was uh, genuine, it was love. And uh, I would just continue to press in, we'd do Bible studies together, and he was like, hey, you don't want to go back to school for business and art, right? And I was like, no, nah, I don't. Um, I lost all interest. He said, well, check out this Bible college. So me, I'm thinking, oh, Bible college, cool, just Christians, young adults, we'll be straight. Well, I didn't know I was signing up to do ministry, school of ministry. So um, I went to study for four years, and I never looked back. It was the best four years of my life uh, where God would just begin to shape me and mold me into the person I am today, uh, which would grant me the opportunity to work on staff at the school where I would eventually have to travel to Hershey, PA, for the uh, Pendel Youth Convention, where I wouldn't say I met my wife, she met me. Uh, she saw me coming out of the bathroom, and uh, the rest is history. Well, she might have another story. Um, but that led me to eventually moving to Pe uh, Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh area. And uh, God just, his call just heavy on our lives, and we had just been waiting. And uh, for like the last seven months, we'd come visit Taylor and Chris and their kiddos, which is Pastor Jeff's daughter and son-in-law, and we would just come, you know, hang out, kick it with them, but I would always want to come here, and we'd come, and one day I was sitting, it was like three seats back, and I felt like the Lord said, I'm going to use you here, or I can use you here, and never told Pastor Jeff, never told anybody, except for my wife, and when I told her, she was like, no, and it was because <laughs> we, were, um, we were speaking to another church to see where that would go, um, but eventually that all kind of set aside and we just began to pray fast and just believe that God was going to do something. And he told me one night, he said, don't look and don't ask. So I had to stop looking, stop asking, stop trying to find a ministry position. And I come home from work one day, and she goes, I got, well, she, no. I looked at her, and I said, you have something to tell me. And she goes, no, I don't. I said, yeah, you do, but it's not bad news. She said, uh, well, funny enough, I got a call. Um, and it was Pastor Jeff wanting to know if I was interested in youth ministry. And I kid you not, I fell to the floor in the kitchen, cried, I laughed, and uh, we just began this journey. And just to see that God, you know, I had to put no effort in. You know, her and I had to do nothing for it, but that God was ordaining it months prior and uh, him just working in the background. And now we're here, so we're so excited to partner with Pastor Jeff and Anna and see what the Lord has to do and wants to do with our students. So really quick before my wife goes, um, to the parents in the room with your children, um, I just got to applaud you. The faithfulness and the willingness for you to be here and, and the importance of bringing your children here, it's incredible, and God's going to honor that, and uh, we're just excited to see what the Lord's going to do. Hi guys, I'm Jasmine. Um, I was standing here thinking about what I was going to say, and I feel like, as the Lord always tells me, just keep it short and sweet. Um, pretty much echoing everything that Saab said. Um, yeah, we, I have such a colorful testimony, and it weaves in and out, and it's still, I feel like, being written, so I'm sure that I will have, that would take all of service, and then some into dinner time, so we'll just pause on that. But um, the two biggest things that I wanted to highlight, you know, is, you know, again, how we met and how I feel like the Lord has um, put each puzzle piece in my life and in, you know, our story as far as how we met and stuff like that. 
But um, the biggest thing that I wanted to highlight is, you know, just giving credit to the Lord and his faithfulness and um, how he can restore. Um, I'm going to call out Taylor for a second. I'm not going to look at you because I'll start crying. But um, I've known Taylor since preschool. Um, there's a picture of us in our cute little dresses. And um, I feel like, you know, through that, we were inseparable and ended up having a falling out in high school. And it's crazy how the Lord works things. You know, we had an unforeseen, you know, family death, and that I think brought us together and realized, you know, how how short life is and really brought things into perspective. And we were able, you know, to reconnect and, and restore our relationship. And just so happened that we were getting married and... Um, you know, I, because of that restoration, I invited her down for festivities and all that stuff. And then, um, you know, they weren't able to make the wedding. So we came up here and I feel like looking back at that whole timeline, you know, I, I don't, I wasn't planning on speaking on forgiveness or anything like that, but I just think, you know, I, obviously it's the Lord, but I feel like, you know, that was a huge chunk of why I'm standing here is because of, you know, the Lord told me to forgive or ask for forgiveness. And I feel like, um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here without the Lord. I wouldn't be standing on this stage um, if it wasn't for the Lord and just, you know, restoring our, our friendship and all that. And it's, it's crazy how, you know, how fast the Lord moves. And, um, yeah, I feel like I'm all over the place. Y'all, so you'll just have the Lord back to me right there. So I'm still trying to get all my stuff together. So um, I hope everything makes sense. But yeah, I all that to say is I'm just really excited to get to know all of you guys and, and have um, lasting friendships and just getting to know everybody and eventually sharing my colorful testimony. Um, yeah, so sorry for rambling, y'all. I just, I'm not used to that. I'm not used to having a microphone in my hand. I just like, I'm really just taking it all in. And I think that's what the Lord's telling me is like, I don't have to say a lot. It's a matter of just, just soaking it all in. So thank you guys. Perfect. Praise the Lord. We want to thank up until this point, Jeff Stow and Brad have been working with our youth, and we want to thank them for their faithful service. But they have lives and jobs, and, and it was a hardship for them to do it, but they did it, and we're appreciative of all you did. Thank you for that. Praise the Lord. Well, this is an exciting day, as you can tell. We get to install our new youth, young adult pastor. Now, you know we've been praying for this position for about two years, over two years. And we would post, I would call the district, and we would post things on the Facebook pastor's page, and crickets, nothing. And it was kind of like, I didn't hear that, but it's kind of like what Savvy said, that uh, don't quit asking. And I thought about how we came to have a Spanish church. It happened about seven years ago. A 
total God thing. If you're not familiar with the testimony, Pastor Luis was walking up the street there in the cold, and I walked out and I was talking to him, and one thing led to another. We went to have something to eat, and he's looking for a church. I said, well, we got a church. We got a building, and from that, God ordained nothing we were looking for. God put it in our lap. And just like Pastor Savvy and Jazz, God put it in our lap. So, but you got to wait sometimes. And it happens in God's timing, right? Not ours. Habakkuk 2, 2 says this, And the Lord said to me, Write my answer in large, clear letters on a tablet so that a runner can read, and, read it and tell everyone else. But these things I planned won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, wait patiently for it, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. And we as a church believe that this is the time. Finally, right? You know, it's a, it's a weighty thing to be in ministry. If you lead or have influence over other people, what's the Bible say? Your final is a lot harder than everybody else's. James 3.1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged by God with greater strictness. Hebrews 13.7 says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they know they are accountable to God. <laughs> Scary. So why would anybody in their right mind want to do it? Because it's something that you can't not do. Something that you have to feel that God is calling you to do it and there's no other option. Martin Lord Jones, he was a Welsh preacher and a medical doctor of the last century says this, if there's anything else a man can do other than preach, he ought to do it. The pulpit is no place for him. The ministry is not merely something an individual can do, but what he must do. When a person feels a call to ministry, there are countless questions they usually ask themselves. Okay, is this God? Is this me? Everybody who's a new Christian wants to be a preacher at some point, and that usually wears off after about 10 minutes. What if I'm wrong? What if I go into this and it's not God? What if nothing happens? What if I do this and nothing happens? What if I don't get a job anywhere? If I don't want to get a position in ministry? There are countless times of doubt and insecurity that you're going to experience in ministry. My former pastor at Central told me, he said, you need to remember the exact time and place when you were called. Remember that date and that time where you were. Because there's going to be countless times throughout your ministry they're going to say, this, isn't, this can't be right. I can't be called. And you're going to have to remember back to that point and realize, yes, you were called regardless of what's happening right now. And so when those storms come, remember the call. Now, if you search the website, you'll find a lot of webs dedicated to discerning a call. How do we discern it? Google that and you'll find a thousand pages on it. Most of them are good, but there's just too many of them to read all of them. But I found one verse in the Bible that really is the, the cornerstone. 1 Timothy 3.1 says, here's a trustworthy saying, if anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, 
he desires a noble task. Paul calls it a trustworthy saying. In other words, it must have been a popular quote back in the day. And since that church was brand new, it must have been said by those who were called to lead other churches. And the one phrase that it pointed it out to me, it says, if anyone sets his heart on it, to set your heart on something means it's all you want, it's all you can think about. This verse tells me that a call is first a desire that you have, something that you want to do, something that you just can't shake off. Now, I've heard a lot of pastors saying that they never wanted to be in ministry and they felt like God was dragging them, kicking and screaming in the ministry. I don't know if I believe that. The Bible says if you set your heart on something, that means you want to do it. Something that you really want to do. Now, the word overseer is the same Greek word as bishop and indicates an overseeing the work of the church. And in the Bible, bishop, elder, and pastor are all synonymous terms. It indicates the character of the work to be undertaken. Vine's Dictionary says that these positions are, quote, according to the divine will and appointment of God. In other words, God calls you. You can't call yourself. Your family can't call you. Your preacher can't call you. Acts 14.23 says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. As Pastor Savvy said, much prayer and fasting was offered for these positions because you want to make sure that God puts the right guy here. The worst thing you can have is a person who's not called by God to do it. We want to make sure that God's in control of everything. And I'm sure that Family also prayed for this too. It's hard leaving your home, right? When we left Central, hardest thing we ever did. Man, it was like pulling a plant up by the roots. It was a lot of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth when we left because it was a family. But we knew God was saying, okay, time to go. And that's how I'm sure you felt. Stay here, stay close to home. That's only three and a half hours, right? come visit anytime their house is always open (laughs) all of you you all welcome at their house so when you're praying about being called to the ministry or even to a specific ministry you want to ask God is it me Lord is it my thinking or is it your thinking I don't want to misinterpret this Warren Wiersbe says about this verse, 1 Timothy 3, 1, he says, to become an elder or bishop or pastor was a serious decision, not one to be treated lightly. For most people, entering into ministry means a dramatic change in their life. If you're in high school, it feels your next step is something other than what you had planned. If you start later in life, your whole life may and probably will change. And this involves not only you, but your family. So you don't want to mess it up. You want to make sure you're where God wants you to be. One way to judge this feeling is you have to read on in 1 Timothy. As we read in 1 Timothy and Titus, God does have specific requirements for those called to be a pastor or deacon or elder. So if you're able to fulfill these, if you're not able to fulfill these requirements, that means you're not called. 
There are things that God says, here's what you have to do to be this position. If you can't fill them, then God says, I'm not calling you. You can do a lot of other things, but I have requirements for being a preacher. And in keeping mission with the mission of this church, which is basically the mission for every church, Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, the logical extension of that is found in Romans 10. Verse 14 says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? God sent Pastor Savvy here to preach to the people that don't know Christ so they can hear the good news and they can come into the family of God. And ask any Christian, regardless of when they were saved, could you go back, would you go back? They would say no. Regardless of what's going on in their life, they realize that's the best choice they've ever made. And it's not always easy. It's not always exactly what you want it to be. But you know you can't do anything else. God continues to call men and women to further the gospel. The New Testament has many young men called to lead churches. Timothy and Titus are just a couple of examples. But everywhere Paul traveled, churches were started and he had to call folks to lead those churches. Now both of these guys studied under Paul and they weren't just thrust into leading a church. They had to be under Paul's teaching to prepare them. And I spent 13 years at Central and not kind of the seven years or so that we spent there before we were saved. We were on staff for 13 years and the things that we learned in those 13 years are invaluable to ministry today. The sign of a healthy church is where God calls people from within its ranks to minister. Pretty much everybody at our home church was called from within. They knew them growing up. Now, technically, Savvy's not from our ranks. But Jazz is, so you're in by default, buddy. We got to know her. We got to know her family over the years. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, we beseech you, brethren, to know them that labor among you. You've got to know who's ministering the word. Now, today we get to honor God and see God's provision and install such a man and his wife. So I'm going to have Pastor Savvy and Jazz come to the platform. And I'm going to have... and your grandfather and your folks and babe come on and yes pastor Luis and Edith you got to come up too <laughs> we are going to eat early Oh yeah, tell Lee we're going to eat early. <laughs> I, I normally have 10 pages of notes, today I have four. So, thank you.
I'm going to move this out of the way so you can see. When you get called in the ministry, you've got to have support of your family, especially your spouse. And I went through that when I first got called, and she was like, uh-uh. God needs good accountants, too. But eventually, God ministered to her. And you need to have a very good woman behind you telling you that everything you're doing is wrong to correct what you're doing. So, yeah. So, and the Bible calls her a helpmate in the Bible, too. And behind you are your support staff and the grandfather who did all the work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You did all the work to get him into the kingdom. You know, grandparents, keep praying for those kids. Keep praying. I'm going to anoint them with the oil. The Bible sim- says that oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Because they're going to need the Holy Spirit to do God's work. Amen? Can you all see over there? So I'm going to read this charge. Pastor Savvy, by accident, the deacon board in the Dover Assembly of God and, and myself, you have been given the title and responsibility of youth and young adult pastor. This position has been established as an office in the church and carries with it the authority to develop this ministry under the Lord. The term pastor implies guidance and teaching and discipleship. Ephesians 4.11, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. To do what? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attending to the full measure of Christ. Your field of activity will be anything that's Christian. Thus, as young, youth and young adult pastor, you're charged with the responsibility of young people and young adults who are associated with the church, as well as those in the community who need the Lord as well. To give them a sense of direction, as you got when you came to know the Lord. While you are charged with the responsibilities of Dover Assembly, your first and greatest responsibility is to the Lord Jesus Christ and to reaching people with his love for them. So as Paul charged Timothy, we we charge you, Pastor Savvy, would you stand? This is Paul's charge to Timothy, which is basically a charge for every preacher. In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season, out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction. We commit you to the ministry of Dover Assembly. Would you show the appreciation? We're going to pray in a moment. Now I'm going to ask you to go, go on the floor, if you would, and I'm going to have my board come up and their spouses and lay hands on them. That's Paul 8, and you've got to go too. Thank you. 
Pastor Luis, you got to stay up here, buddy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Would you extend your hands? Father, we stand before you this morning, and we are in awe of your power, of what you do behind the scenes when we don't even know it. You know what the burden and the heartbeat of this church was, and through your providence and your direction, you have sent us a minister to minister the gospel to the young people in this area. Lord, we need your anointing and power upon him and upon myself and Pastor Luis and all of us who do ministry here, Lord. We need the Holy Spirit to minister through us every single day. And I pray that you would anoint them. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would give them favor in the community, through the schools, and through every, every other avenue, Lord, that they want to go into. I pray that you would give them favor with those in charge. Allow them to come in. Allow them to share the gospel. And allow them to reach the kids in this area and the young adults who need you just as much as the kids do. Allow them to receive the blessing that we've already received. The joy that comes with knowing Christ. The peace that comes from knowing Jesus. Father, everything we have, Lord, is because you've given it to us. And that includes Pastor Savvy. So, Lord, I pray your anointing and blessing upon him and Jazz. Allow them to do what you've called them to do under your anointing and power. So, Lord, we commit them to you. We commit them to this ministry. And we do it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering this morning, would you? All right, and that means now, right? I want the adults can have a seat. I want all the kids to come up front. You guys stay. All the young guys, come on up. going to pray for him. The kids. I'm going to pray for the kids and him. Have the kids pray for him. Okay. And then we're going to have him do the monkey. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Okay. Surround him. Guys, surround Pastor Savvy. This is your church, buddy. Right here. Now, I want you guys to come up and lay hands on Pastor Savvy, okay? And we're going to pray. You guys, are, you guys are the church of today. What you do matters in the kingdom of God. So I want you to understand that what you do with Pastor Savvy is meant to further God's kingdom. And God can use you just like he can use an adult, okay? So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for all these young people up here, Lord. Lord, I pray your blessing upon them. As they're in their young life, I pray as they seek you and they find you, and I pray that you would love them and serve them, and that, Lord, they would love and serve you all the days of their life. I pray, Lord, you would just bless this ministry, grow it, reach people, not for numbers, but for the souls of the kids who need Jesus. 
Lord, I commit these young people to you, and I pray your blessings upon this ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now. Thank you.